0: what's going on guys welcome to my first episode of dime dropper i'm so excited to do this please before you do anything make sure to subscribe on apple podcasts and you can also listen on spotify and follow us on twitter and instagram at dime dropper pod and on and subscribe on youtube dime dropper podcast so let's get this going today we're going to talk about a lot of different things from the NBA being canceled, the shit year that 2020 has been, the coronavirus, and of course, the Black Lives Matter movement, and everything that has come about in the last couple of months or in the year of 2020, among other things as well as we go. So let's just start off with 2020. Jesus fucking Christ, guys. This has been a horrible year from start to finish. This is always going to be looked at if you in 20 years, we're always going to remember 2020 as the year of the coronavirus pandemic that is ongoing and has already killed 400,000 people worldwide and counting. And, of course, the riots going on all over the country. And, you know, you name it. It started with, you know, the helicopter crash and Kobe Bryant and all those those 13 people dying. It's just been an awful year altogether. And... Of course, when all of this started, in terms of everything being shut down, one of the main things that we saw was a bunch of every single sports league being shut down. And this is something that we've never really seen before, uh, at least at least in my time growing up and my parents' time growing up. So the NBA got canceled or suspended on, I should say, suspended on March 11th. And my initial thought was, "Wow, like this is actually insane," but. We're just going to have to see what happens because we really knew so little at the time when when the news first broke. I mean, you had LeBron who initially went out there and said, I'm not going to play with no fans in in the stadiums. I play for the fans. And, you know, at the time, he didn't know too much about how severe the virus really was. Same with me. Same with a lot of different people. So you can't really fault him for saying that. That was the early stages of it. So now the nba has come out with their plan after months saying that they're going to restart the season in orlando florida and finish it off now i have a couple of problems with this first everyone knows that the only reason that the nba wants to come back is because of money everyone they're saying they're going to lose 900 million dollars off of tv revenue without the playoffs which is obviously more money than I know what to, to do with. And it's just insane. So that's the reason why this is all coming back. In my opinion, this season is has been shot. It was shot the second it stopped. And it's shot because the playoffs, are we really? If people People just like want basketball back so badly with all this different other stuff going on that they're willing to have a watered down product because they're so bored sitting on their couches at home that they're fiending for sports to come back. Like people, there are so much bigger things going on right now. Right now is what, June 17th, June 18th? I don't even know what day it is. At this point, all the days are just blending together. And the off season would have been starting right now. Like our summer is just starting. The NBA season would have been over already. So we've already put up with a couple months of waiting. We can definitely put up with a couple of more to start a fresh new season. Will there be fans in the new season? I pro- probably not. Almost positive there won't be fans to start. In-, in 2020, there won't be fans, right? But if we just look at the-, the models that the Premier League and La Liga and Bundesliga and all these other European soccer leagues have taken, and you're gonna, uh, someone's gonna say, oh, you're being hypocritical. Why can those leagues start? And why should the NBA not start? Well, there's a difference. One, they have a running point table in those domestic leagues. They've already played 30 games, and there's no playoffs in La Liga. There's no playoffs in the Premier League. So all those, 20, um, all those 30 games or so that they played before they've now restarted basically would mean nothing. And it's the simil- similar thing with the NBA, except everyone knows that when the playoffs start, those 16 teams, it goes to 0-0, and it's a whole different ball game. That is not the case with La Liga and and all these different leagues and they've already st- and plus those other countries have controlled the spread of the virus so much better than we have. And everyone's going to say, "Oh, we're America, we have more people." Well, guess what? China has more people than us and they've controlled it better than us and that's where it started. So, in my opinion, there are just so many things going on. And we're going to keep getting to it, but First of all, let's just look at it, right? The playoffs, the NBA playoffs. What is the biggest difference between the playoffs and the regular season? Besides the simple fact the players play harder. The intensity of the games, people. The crowd, the electricity, the atmosphere. Now, I'm not just talking out of my ass because I've been to so many playoff games, right? So I'm a Clipper fan. One of the, We're going to talk about that more as, as we go in this podcast, but... One of the big pros of being a Clipper fan instead of a Laker fan is the affordability of tickets. I've been blessed to see so many more games than my Laker fan friends because the Clipper tickets are very reasonably priced, even in the playoffs. I mean, I went to almost, almost all of Chris Paul and Blake Griffin's home playoff games when they were with the Clippers, and I don't think that we paid over 150 one time like most games we played for were under a hundred dollars which just lets you know because a lot of people are like man if you go to a lot of playoff games it's probably so expensive it's really we sat on the nosebleeds for most of them and even just being in the 300 section at staples center was uh just night and day from the regular season so my dad and i we did this thing where we stopped going to regular season games because it kind of became a lock That the Clippers were gonna make the playoffs with Blake and Chris Paul. That we just started saving our money and just being like, you know what, this regular season game, there's no intensity. Like it's just we've become so used to it. So let's just save up all our money and go to all the playoff games, even if it means we don't get good seats. At least we're there. We could say we were there at every single one. And man, so many of my best memories, as a fan or just as a human on this earth, have been at playoff games. Like there is this there's this feeling you get as a fan at the playoff games that you have a direct effect on what's going on on the court. Like, I remember game one when we played the Spurs in 2015. I remember every single, obviously you have to have someone to cheer for. The players, the most important thing are the players. They have to make the plays. But when they make those momentum plays that get us, I remember DeAndre Jordan had like some big time blocks, sending the ball out of bounds and motioning to the crowd and getting hyped. And then I just remember that was a carryover effect we got lit. Then Jamal would make a 3, and then the Spurs just had no chance in that game. They just had no chance. You know, and there's so much so much of basketball and sports in general, but especially basketball is about momentum. And a lot of that momentum is being taken away without the fans. Like let's say someone goes on like an 8-0 run or something. Like and you got that crowd that rattles the other team when the other when the home team is making a run and that road team is like, "Damn, like" eight straight points the crowd's going crazy they start getting rattled you start seeing turnovers and mistakes you're not going to I don't think you're really going to see that like of course there's natural momentum in a game but the crowd just exemplifies that and and maximizes that tenfold in the playoffs so i think for a team like a Milwaukee Bucks for example that we saw last year and this is no disrespect to Giannis or the Bucks they're a great team But we saw last year, they just weren't ready to win a championship. We saw them get rattled in Toronto, and we saw how they kind of collapsed when the momentum shifted against them. And a team like the Bucs, like LeBron and Kawhi are battle-tested players. Like, they have won championships, multiple. The Bucs haven't yet, so I think it really helps a team like the Bucs to not have to play road games. I think part of... So the, the defense is, well, you know what? Now the best team can actually win because there's no crowds to affect that. Well, in my opinion, part of being the best team is playing on the road through adversity against loud crowds and shutting them up. Like, you remember, like, Kobe in 2010 against the Suns. Big play after big play to shut the crowd up. That's part of what being a champion is, in my opinion. And I think that is completely taken away from the game. And also, as an entertainment value. Like, the playoffs as an... The NBA is an entertainment industry. All these sports are entertainment. Like, I don't think I would watch... Basketball like religiously like I do if it was just the best in the world playing in an empty gym If that was the norm, I don't think everybody would watch like for example, I didn't have an NFL We didn't have an LA, NFL team in LA for 20 years And I didn't really care about the NFL But the reason why I wanted to be a part of the discussion I don't love football that much like I actually kind of like hockey more But the reason why I care more about the NFL than the NHL is because everyone watches it. Everyone cares about it. So for me, I wanted to be a part of that. And that just goes to show my point about the NBA and as an entertainment industry is that I don't think everybody would care if Kawhi and LeBron were playing in an empty gym. Like, you might as well just be watching Rico Hines' YouTube videos for that. Like, it's just not that exciting. Like, no crowd? So what's going to happen? Leonard for the win! Bang! Shh! Oh, what was that? It was one of the beat writers who spilled their beer. Like, what the fuck? Like, that's what we're gonna watch? Like, That's what we're gonna see? Like, no reaction to plays? Like, this is the playoffs. To me, it's a disgrace to what the playoffs are. It's a disgrace and it changes the game. However, you know, we, the NBA needs their precious money. They need it. If, if I'm a player though, let me just say this, cause one of the big things about, you know, just being a human being is understanding things from other people's perspectives. Something that I used to struggle with as a kid, and I'm still working on getting better at that. But you gotta look at it from the, if you're a player, right, that's in the 22 teams that were invited to Orlando, I would wanna play. I would wanna play. The competitiveness in me would say that, you know, this, I don't know how many years of my career I'm getting. You know, your career doesn't last forever. So I'd wanna play for sure. If I'm a player, I wanna play. Except then you gotta take into account the concerns that come with playing. And first, the coronavirus, they're saying, oh, they're going to be isolated in Disney World. Like, that sounds great. Like, in their hotels, they're going to be isolated and stuff. But there's so many other personnel, like, that I don't know what's going to happen with, like, the media. I don't know what the media accessibility is going to be. And then you have, like, the trainers. Like, are they all getting monitored, too? They're all staying in these hotels. Like, their family members, they're going to come eventually. They're saying they're going to come towards the playoffs. There are just so many factors. Like, what if one player just happens to contract it that's significant in the playoffs? Like, what if Pascal Siakam has coronavirus and has to miss game two, three, and four of the playoffs? That your, your season is ruined, and it's not the same as an injury that happens during the game. We're in the midst of a global pandemic. Like, I just think it's mind-boggling that people want to see it so badly because of their own boredom that I think the people are being a little bit selfish. Like, I'm wearing a Clipper jersey right now. I've waited 15 years, and a lot of Clipper fans have waited much longer and put up with a lot of shit and misery as being a Clipper fan to wait for us to get a chance to win a championship. But the way, I, and this is the selfish part of my reasoning with this, is I w- like I want to. S- one of the things I was really excited about coming back home from uh, from college was, man, with any luck, the Clippers may be in the conference finals when I get back. But obviously when the coronavirus pandemic hit, I knew that the conference finals were not going to be happening in May. So I thought, man, maybe I'll get a chance to go to Kawhi and PG's first playoff game with the Clippers. Well, I'll tell you what, I probably won't be able to go to that game. But whichever one that fans are first allowed to go to, my ass is going to be there. I can promise you that. And yeah, I think it's just to me, despite the money. So people want to talk about look at how much money they're losing. Really? So the NBA, doesn't like the millionaires that they already are, don't get to get more millions. Cry me a fucking river, dude. Like 40 million people are in unemployment right now. These people that are getting fired from the NBA jobs, whatever jobs that they have, their resumes are probably so good because they've already worked in the NBA that whenever this pandemic is over and people, you know, when things start turning up for the better, they're going to get jobs much easier than a lot of people will. So to me, it's like, I just think that the NBA is putting the players in a tough position by sending them into this isolation. And they're pushing a watered-down product in a year that has already gone to shit. And there are more things going on, including the coronavirus. A lot of people will say, well, the virus isn't going away. We don't even know when we're going to have a vaccine. That's true. But I just think that it's better that this listen. Also, another reason why, besides the crowd and the momentum and the legitimacy of the season that I think is already fucked up, imagine, imagine a team that has the exact same roster, come back the next season, no changes to the roster, they have training camp, whatever, they play eight regular season games, and then the ninth game is the first game of the playoffs, game nine of your season. Now, that's literally what this is. The only thing that everyone says it's not like an off season is because they're the same team. But let's see, the off season in NBA starts in mid-June. We have July off, we have August off, and then we have September off, and then we start in mid-October. So approximately four months is the offseason. We've been off for three months. The, the league plans on restarting on July 30th or July 31st that's four months guys that's the same thing it's the same as a normal off season and you're asking the playoffs to start on game nine when players have to regain their rhythm there's probability of injuries because they haven't no matter how much they've been working out during the pandemic on the side from their home gyms they are not playing nba basketball so there's a lot of chance of injury to me the legitimate the legitimacy of the season has been tainted And now everyone's saying, like, even Doc Rivers, you know, the coach of my own team, was saying, people that are going to say that this season has an asterisk, those are losers. Well, that's because I think he's saying it because he doesn't want people to discredit the work and how hard it is to win a championship regardless of the circumstance, which is completely true. Like, these players shouldn't be slighted for winning this particular season whenever, if, if it actually ends up happening. But it's not the same as a normal title. You cannot deny that. You cannot It's not the same when the season stops after 64 games. You're supposed to play, and people, another one people are saying is, well, there's lockout seasons and people win that. There's a fucking difference. You start out, you just played less games in the beginning, but you start and you play an entire season, and then you go to the playoffs normally. Like, for example, in 2012, there was just 16 games less in the beginning. We still played 66 games and went to the playoffs. So it's not the same as a lockout season. The season has never just stopped in the middle and it's going to have a playoffs with no fans. It's an atrocity in my opinion. And I, it's also, let me just put this straight. Everything I say here is my opinion. You don't have to agree with anything I say. And if you if you don't agree with it, I would love and you're passionate enough about it that you want to tell me about it. I would love to have you on the show and we can talk about it. I'm all for hearing everyone's opinion. But for me, this shit sucks. Now let's go to the most recent concern. The obvious Movement against police brutality and the Black Lives Matter movement at the forefront more than it's ever been. Obviously, you know, uh, I want to say on behalf of the entire Dime Dropper uh, staff or what you may call it, we're completely in support of the Black Lives Matter movement and everything that has happened, obviously. I I think that goes without saying for us. Um, Recently, there's been concerns, though, about the players led by Kyrie saying that they don't want to play that he thinks that there's more important things. We should be using our voices for change. We shouldn't be just playing basketball because the second we start playing basketball, no one's going to be talking about George Floyd and and, uh, fighting against racism and all this thing. Let me just say this. I have never seen this many, it's been weeks now, posts from everyone about being against racism and listening to what black people have to say about their experiences dealing with it. And standing with them, I have, it's always been, racism has always been a thing and it's going to continue to be a thing, sadly, but right now it is on the, on the forefront of everyone's mind. Everyone's talking about it. The premier league, the players have taken their last names. They made it to the, there's no last names showing on the jerseys. It just says black lives matter with the number that has never happened before either. Right now, that is what people are talking about. The second, and here's the thing. Kyrie Irving, I am not his biggest fan. Like, you'll hear me criticizing him a lot. However, I kind of understand what he's saying here. And it's not just Kyrie Irving. He's just a leader. And everyone shits on this guy all the time. He's become a punching bag for the media, especially with people that support LeBron because he left LeBron. And then, obviously, Celtics fans, you guys have every reason to dislike the guy for how he basically quit on the team last year and and didn't lead him the right way. No question about it. However, this is entirely separate. And I've heard, there's also the rumor that Kyrie was saying, let's start our own league in a group chat. First of all, I've also heard from other people that that could be fake news or cap, whatever you want to call it. So I'm not going to comment on that at all. What I will say though, is that Kyrie has a point. The second the NBA starts again, everyone's going to be so excited about basketball. Do you think that they're going to, when LeBron James, and they're like, we, you can use that platform for change. You know what's going to happen? The second LeBron comes back on the quarter, any of these great players, when they interview them after the game, you think that SportsCenter is going to be showing what LeBron said about, yeah, I support Black Lives Matter at the end of the game? Or are they going to be talking about the triple-double he had and his chances of winning the championship? You tell me. Is CNN going to broadcast a post-game interview saying I'm donating this much money? Or are they going to keep talking about Trump? What's going to give them more views? You guys need to understand that... So, John Anderson, one of the anchors for SportsCenter... He came and talked to us at UMass last year. And he told us why there's a reason why everyone, there's a reason why ESPN shoves LeBron James and Zion Williamson down our throats. There's a reason because you guys click on it. They make more money because you guys love talking about them. So they don't give a shit what's right or wrong. They're going to do what makes more money. And I guess the entire um, theme or thesis, whatever you can take from this entire thing, is this world just revolves around money. And, you know, obviously I'm not going to change that by talking about it, but I don't have to love it. And that's the thing that people don't understand is that I don't need to just because just because you just because something will never change or you disagree with something and it's not right doesn't mean that you can't feel like it's wrong. Like you can still feel like it's wrong, even though it's never going to change. You know what I mean? You can have your own opinion. Not everything in this world is right just because it's the world and that's how it fucking goes. You don't have to agree with everything. You can have your own perspective on things. And to me, it's just crazy. I mean, it's just the way it is, but everything revolves around money and it's a little bit sickening. So Kyrie, I'm a little bit... I'm on his team on this one to an extent. And they're not going to talk about... It's not. It's going to be swept under the rug. And I know that, um, you know, for me to speak on this, right? I'm. Not, I'm not black. I can't really... I can't put myself in their shoes and talk about it. I am a minority, so I can, I've can. i been discriminated against as well. However, I'm not going to sit here and act like it's even close. It's even close to what black people have to face on a daily basis because people will still see me and think I'm white sometimes. I used to get Latino a lot, funny enough. Solo porque puedo hablar español. But... That's also just, you know, once again, even though Latino people have it bad as well, once again, no one has it worse than black people. So I can't fully speak on that. However, one of the things that I grew up doing was trying to diversify my friend group and being a guy that's always been in public schools. And that's something that I want to do with my kids. If I ever, you know, whenever I end up having kids, obviously, I'm I'm the type of guy that lives in the moment. So You know, whenever anyone asks me about what you plan on doing in 10 years, I don't really give them anything because I'm just such an in-the-moment person. But, you know, if I do ever have kids, I want them to go to public school because even though these private school educations are a lot better, like, I'll be the first to admit, most kids, most of my friends I know that went to private school have really good things to say about their teachers, whereas I could make an entire podcast about how fucking shitty my teachers at LAUSD were. But there's something that comes from going to public school that's amazing and that's that you get to experience what it's like to be with kids from all over the city, especially in a city like Los Angeles that there's so much diversity and it got me to become friends from a young age with kids from all races. And I love that part about it. And like for me, I was the only Iranian kid when I transferred to elementary schools, I was the only Iranian kid in the entire grade. Kids didn't even know what Iranian, Iran what where it was or like what that culture was, what language we speak and this and that. So like, I was really happy to go to middle school and high school and, you know, become friends. And eventually starting like junior year, most of my friends that I started hanging out with were black. And to me, I didn't really like look at it like, oh, like I'm making a big change in my friend group. Like I'm hanging out with all these people. To me, these are my friends and these are my friends. It's nothing, you know, like you should be appreciative. Like it's not, people say you shouldn't see color. Well, that's a little bit, you know, misinterpreted. I think you sh- if you're you're Asian, you should be proud of it. If you're black, you should be proud of it. And People should see that and acknowledge it and you know, listen to stuff about your race and learn about it. But the point is when I said I don't see like you don't see colors that it shouldn't it shouldn't be something that affects your judgment on people's character. That's something that Martin Luther King was saying all those years ago. Like for me, when my friends be like, D, you're hanging out with a lot of black people recently. Like, for me, why are you even pointing that out? Like, to me, they're just my friends. I see them the same way as I see you. And I think that's the thing. And I'm not trying to, like, put myself on a pedestal here that's saying, like, I see change. So, like, I'm the best thing ever. Like, no. But, you know, I wish in, in that sense because my parents always explained to me. You know, they came to, to the U.S. barely speaking English. So, like, I was in a household where we're with them. We're all minorities, too. So we're all, on the, we're all on the same team here. And, but the funny part is, if I say we're all on the same team against white people, that's creating a further divide. So it's all about understanding people and listening to people as well. And I totally stand with what Kyrie is saying. And yeah, I'm, I'm totally behind it. Because I think there's, the point that he's trying to make is it's not that we're not playing basketball and like this season just shouldn't continue. Like what are we going to do? Just not play basketball forever because racism is always going to continue. So why should, why should we not play basketball? Racism is going to continue whether we play basketball or not. The point is emphasis this season. Is it worth it for a watered down product with no fucking fans in the NBA finals to play during the midst of a pandemic and social change? And the funny part is, what is, state? listen to this. What kind of statement it would be if the players ended up not playing? And a lot of people are going to shit on Kyrie because they're like, you weren't going to be in the playoffs, so you have no set. You don't even give a fuck what's going on. Avery Bradley's been on his team. Avery Bradley is on the Lakers, and he has a chance to do something historic this season. He has a chance to be, alongside Rajon Rondo, the only players to ever win a championship with both the Celtics and and the Lakers. A historic accomplishment. Correct me if I'm wrong on that one, but I'm pretty sure it's never happened. And the fact that he's saying something like that and other players are backing Kyrie shows that it's just not worth it for a watered-down product during all this time when we could be continuing to focus on things that may make 2021 better cuz 2020 is already been the worst year fucking ever you could think of. We can try to build to make a better 2021. They're leaving millions of dollars on the table. You understand what kind of statement it would be if they left all that money off the table or left all that money on the table to just promote change and do something cuz I know they have a plan. It's not just you know a bunch of social media posts. I don't think Kyrie's the type of guy that's going to push for this so hard and not have something he's got planned, something that he wants to do if the season were to to just be canceled altogether. So to end it off, and also another thing I want to harp on is we're talking about America and, you know, we've been having a lot of talk about how Colin Kaepernick was always right and that, you know, Drew Brees got crucified for speaking up for the flag and all this different stuff. People need to understand, guys. We've done also, as I alluded to earlier, a poor job of containing this virus. And America isn't perfect. So when I went to New England and, you know, went to UMass and stuff, I obviously noticed a sense of more patriotism from them because, you know, New England is one of our Massachusetts in itself is one of those original colonies. You know, there's a lot of history, American history about Massachusetts. Hell, their football team is fucking called the Patriots, for God's sake. Here in in California, there's a lot more immigrants talk about La Migra and like every diverse culture under the sun. So people are less all about America, America. You know what I'm saying? The thing is, I am going to sit here and tell you I am blessed to be living in this country. And all of us are. America is one of the greatest fucking countries in the world. However, just because we're one of the greatest countries in the world, it's just like nobody's perfect. LeBron James is perfect, but he's got flaws. America is great, but it has its fucking flaws. Why don't people understand, like, just because Colin Kaepernick doesn't stand up and put his right hand over his heart for a song, a song, guys, doesn't mean he doesn't love America. And everyone's acting like he's like the first person to do this. Like, brush up on your history a bit. Chris Jackson, who converted to Islam, the point guard for the Denver Nuggets in the 90s, he renamed himself Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. He got blackballed by the NBA because he wouldn't stand up for the anthem in the 90s. And now when we have social media, Colin Kaepernick's getting a bunch of love now. But he was the fir- one of the first people to do it. And he doesn't get talked about at all. So, guys, we can acknowledge that America's great while also admitting its flaws. And right now, man, like, we, are, we have a lot of flaws. So the last thing I wanted to talk about before we end. Darian, you're a Clipper fan, though. You guys are going to win the championship. Why do you want the season to go? Why? I didn't wait 15 years put up with all this shit from Laker fans to watch the Clippers win a championship with no fans in a state thousands of miles away in an oversized contraption of an amusement park that they copied our original Disneyland. That's for all you East Coast fuckers of mine, my friends, (laughs) that troll me and saying Disney World is so much better than Disneyland. We're the original, man. That shit's an oversized cop-out. Uh, I'm, I'm joking a little bit here. But at the same time, it's like they're playing in Florida. Like they're wearing Los Angeles on their chests. Like who cares? I want them to win here. Like my uncle, right? So my two, my two uncles are like the biggest reason why I'm a basketball fan and was born into this basketball family. Because, you know, they grew up in L.A. too where it was Showtime, you know, Magic Johnson, Kareem, baby. They're huge Laker fans. Huge. my my youngest uncle he hates that I'm a Clipper like he tried so hard for so many years to make me a Laker fan and everyone always asks why I'm a Clipper fan so this is my first show here I'll explain it the reason why I'm a Clipper fan is because when I first started getting into basketball it was around 05, 06 I was 7 years old and Kobe was like amazing right but he really had no one else on his team that was really like worth like wasn't marketable like wasn't a guy that a 7 year old would know like their second best player was Lamar Odom you know, and Lamar was a great player, you know, Lamar was a great player, but Kobe, I really didn't like him when I was like seven, eight, when I first started getting into basketball, it's made a soul rest in peace, man. But I thought he was selfish, which, you know, he was at times and arrogant and wasn't a team player and all the negatives that people associate with Kobe. That's what I thought as a kid. And so I'm also the type of guy that, you know, my good friends know this. I don't like what everyone else loves. Like I don't like what everyone dick rides. I'm always the guy that goes with the underdog because, in a way, I always considered myself an underdog. Like when I would play basketball as a kid, I was the short, skinny kid with glasses that would get picked last. And then when he got picked last, would start dribbling the ball, and people would be like, "Whoa, this guy's way better." Than I think it was a nerd. Like, and I and I just felt that underdog feeling about me my entire life. So I resonated more with the Clipper mentality, which was we were the underdogs. And at the time. We were just as good, if not better, than the Lakers that year. So it was like, why aren't people talking about the Clippers? Like, they're just as good as the Lakers. And that's because I was naive to the history of everything. But, you know, I so, and for so many years, guys, I regretted being a Clipper fan because of Donald Sterling. Because my uncle used to say, you're never going to win a championship until Donald Sterling either dies or sells the team. And he was right. Because you look at what's happening right now with New York, with James Dolan. People don't remember. Like, it sounds like, like the Clippers are all great now because they're such a good organization now. We were a joke. We were a fucking joke. And the funny part is people will, like, look at me and be like, well, you haven't experienced too much of that. The funny part is history carries over. Like, I can't, in the sake of argument, say, yeah, we've won this many championships because all these Laker fan kids didn't grow up watching Magic and Kareem. But they're just still going to refer to it when they brag about their history. So, for me... We haven't ever made it past the conference finals. We were the Cleveland Browns of, of fucking basketball. And people just don't remember because, you know, the Clippers are so good now. But, like, I remember my family. So the reason why this, this stretches so deep is right when I started becoming a Clipper fan. And you see, I'm wearing the Elton Brand jersey right now that I, I got when I was, like, eight years old. And it was way too big to fit me then. If you're watching the visual version of this podcast on YouTube, you'll see. And it fits me now, like, you know, barely fits me now. But my sister, my dad, and my mom, we had like a 10-game season pass. We sat in the highest row of the stadium, Section 318, dead center, center court, backs against the stadium wall, watching the Clippers in a, you know, a lot of empty seats getting destroyed by Dirk Nowitzki, Steve Nash, you name it. So... I remember one time, it was actually so hilarious, one time we were, it was the 08 season, and Jerry Stackhouse made a game-winning three at the buzzer, and my sister, who was like nine, like seven, eight years old, we were going down the escalator, and she started crying, and she was like, we never win! It's like, that's how bad it was! That's how fucking bad it was! And then, we're not even getting to Lob City, and like, how bad, and even though, you know, the Donald Sterling racism thing was the best thing that could've ever happened to the Clippers, you know, to get a change of ownership. I knew when that happened that everything was going to change. And Steve Ballmer has changed this franchise more than Kawhi, more than Doc Rivers, more than anyone. It's Steve Ballmer that has made all the difference because as you can see, it starts from the top. The Knicks, I am a big Knicks sympathizer. One of my best friends is from New York. He's a Knicks fan. I've been to Madison Square Garden. The NBA is better when the New York Knicks are good. The NBA is better when there's playoff games in Madison Square Garden. But right now, I feel so sorry for these fans because the owners got them, like, in a stranglehold. Like, they're not going to be good until Dolan gets the fuck out of New York. And that's what we were at one point. And people don't understand that. All the bad luck that came with it, too. Like, when I, even when I was a fan. Like, Elton Brand tearing his Achilles. He was my favorite player on the Clippers. He tore his Achilles, and he was never the same. Sean, we had a 6'7 young stud point guard from Peoria Central High School in Illinois named Sean Livingston, who a lot of you guys will remember as this role-playing backup point guard for the Warriors. This guy was so athletic and fast and explosive when he was on the Clippers, and then he dislocated his knee, and I was scared he was never going to play again. This is the type of bad luck that we had to endure as Clipper fans. And then we got Baron Davis, who had just come off his incredible, we believe, Warriors run. And I was so excited. I bought his jersey right away. Right away. I still have that Clippers 1 jersey. And he was like a shell of his former self. Like he was late. Like some games he looked like the Baron Davis I remember. And then some games he looked like he didn't even want to play for us. And like that just hurt a lot. Especially when you had Elton Brand saying if Baron Davis comes, like I'm likely to sign with the Clippers. And he just bailed. You know, even though Elton was never the same, that hurt a lot as a Clipper fan. Like these are the type of things that used to happen. You understand for other people that don't know. The Clippers had the number one pick in the 1998 NBA draft. And we picked Michael Candy. You guys probably have never heard of him. Do you know who we passed up on? Paul Pierce, Dirk Nowitzki, and Vince Carter. Do you know how different my life as a Clipper fan would be if we had Dirk Nowitzki instead of Michael Oluwakandi? Like, You guys have to understand like, how bad it's been for Clipper fans. And this is the other thing people don't understand, is that even though we're good now, We are still minorities in the sense that Laker fans have such a big fan base. And let me make no mistake, you could put the Kings fans, the Clipper fans, LA Kings, and the Dodgers, and the Rams, you can combine, and the Chargers. I mean, that's the few fans they have. Throw them all together. And they wouldn't even close to equal the fan base of the Lakers. Not just worldwide. One of my best friends is from Pakistan, and he's a Laker fan, which shows you how big their following is. It goes everywhere. They're like the Manchester United, the Barcelona of NBA basketball because they've had greatness through every era. Magic, Shaq. And then they had small stars in between that. Van Exel, Eddie Jones, Vlade Divac. And then they had Kobe, Shaq, and now you have LeBron and Anthony Davis. Pau Gasol didn't want to leave him out. So no matter what, you grow up in an era, except for these last six years, Lakers have been pretty fucking good. So that's easy to get fans because people love winning. And that's why I hate when people call Clipper fans bandwagoners or front runners. You understand that jumping on the Clipper bandwagon, even if you were to do it right now with Kawhi Leonard... We still haven't made the conference finals. The Lakers have 16 rings. So who's really being the bandwagon fan? Is it easier to be a Clipper fan? Because when we win, and this is another reason why my uncle emphasized to me why being a Clipper fan is a bad decision. Because he said, no matter what, even if the Clippers win, it's nothing compared to when the Lakers win. Because when the Lakers win, everyone's going to be going crazy. When the Clippers win, like, your parade will be okay. This was him, like, trying to, like... (laughs) Not actually bully me, but like kind of be like, what are you thinking? Like doing this, obviously, with winning, the Clipper fan base has grown exponentially. So, if we do have a you know, if we do ever win, it's definitely gonna be a more joyous occasion than it would have been, say, 10 years ago. And I'm talking like I've seen it so bad as a Clipper fan. If anyone's listening to this and you were a Clipper fan in the sports arena and like you know, 85 and onwards and like all this stuff. Props to you, man. Like, we lo- like you guys are the fucking fans that deserve this shit even more than me. But the reason why I'm so passionate about the Clippers, like, people don't understand. I have still yet to meet someone, and I don't mean to sound arrogant when I say this because it's not really something to be proud of or anything, but I have yet to meet someone either as into NBA basketball or that's so dedicated to their team as I am. Uh, to, for the Clippers, for an NBA team. Like, I see a lot of people on Twitter that seem very dedicated, but I still haven't met you. I have not met like I wish I cared less. Like let me just let me just tell you how the extents that I go through. Like, I so I'm, you know, I was in college just recently and I had League Pass to, you know, watch the games not live a lot of the times. Cause a lot of times, you know, we had Friday and Saturday night, we party and stuff. It's college. So a lot of times, you know what I do is after the party was over, at four in the morning. I would avoid every single ESPN alert, every single group chat I was in, and watch the entire game at 4 a.m. just because I want to see how my fucking Clippers do. That is how much I care. I don't care if I know the result either. I will still watch the game because it's not about what happens. It's how it happens. How did we lose? Or how did we win? Like People don't understand like how much I care. Like People are going to look at me and say, well, you don't really love basketball that much if you want the Clippers season to be canceled. No, it's actually the exact opposite. I haven't cared this much and cared this long. Like, I can't tell you how many people have said, like, I wish, Darian, you care way too much about the Clippers, dude. Like, you need to relax. Like, it shouldn't be the reason why you have a bad day, which it has been so many times in my life. When the Clippers win, it kills my, Oh, it makes me like the happiest person on planet Earth. And when we lose, it kills my mood. Let me just give you like a short anecdote. In 2015, when we had our biggest collapse ever to the Rockets, 3-1, Oh my God, it hurts my chest still talking about it. I didn't even want to wake up in the morning to go to school. Like, because I knew, and the funny part is people in high school used to get, like, get it twisted. Like, I used to brag about that the Clippers were going to win the championship. Anyone that knows me well knows I never thought the Clippers were going to win the championship. Except for when we were up 3-1 on Houston, I thought we had a chance. I still never said we were going to do it. And... People used to think, like, I just bragged and thought the Clippers were so good and used to shit on me every chance they got because I was so passionate about it. There's a difference between being passionate and enthusiastic and being, like, braggadocious and saying your team's going to win everything. And, God, when we blew that 3-1 lead to those joke rockets, oh, my God, I had to literally field questions the next day at school like I was Doc Rivers. Like, I had to, like, what happened, D? What happened? Like, Dude, you watch the game, you know what happened. I'm just sad, leave me the fuck alone. Like I, I went to my math class and I just put my hood over my head and put my face down on the desk while a Laker fan in the room was laughing at me and the teacher came and patted my hem and consoled me and said, there's still a game seven, don't worry. But I knew the momentum was fucked. Like that still burns my chest so much thinking about it. And I didn't wait all that time And for us to get Kawhi Leonard in this joyous occasion for us to win in Orlando, Florida, thousands of miles away with no fans and no parade. Are you kidding me? I waited all this time, and we all waited all this time, to be chugging beers on Figueroa at the fucking parade. And and the funny part is that people don't understand. They'll be like, you'll still be happy. Here's the thing. Of course I'm going to be happy. People are going to say, like, if you don't care, don't watch. First of all, if you've listened this far enough, you know it's impossible for me to not watch the Clippers. It's just not... It's in in engraved in me at this point. So I'm going to watch. But it's not... And if we win, I'm going to be very happy because we can't lose. Like, I don't want to root for us to lose because then I have to hear it from the Laker fans, which would be apocalyptic. And and obviously, I don't want the Bucks to win because I've been so hard on this. Giannis isn't even close to as good as Kawhi yet, realistically. So... Just no one else can win. And the Celtics can't win. Oh, my God. The last thing they need is more championships to brag about, you fools. Sorry. I love you guys. But you guys don't need more championships to brag about. So I would have to root for us to win. But I am praying. I am praying that this season somehow gets canceled and that Kyrie wins because there's just so many more important things than having a watered-down product. That is my opinion. I want to—I just— sound <laughs> sounds so stupid. I just want my first time to be special, guys. <laughs> I just want the championship to be what I always envisioned it. Like, people used to always ask me, like, what would you do if they actually won? And I remember if I thought hard enough about it, I'd cry. And people think, like, oh my God, you're such a fucking bitch, dude. This is how much I care. Like, I wish I cared less. Like, I wish I did. But I don't. Like, I'm always going to love, like, people think I just love sports, and that's a little bit misconstrued. I love sports, but the Dodgers are a team. The LA Kings are a team. Chelsea Football Club, love them. They're a team. The Clippers are not just a team to me, man. They're just part of who I am at this point. They have, people have gotten to know me as, oh, that's the, Darian was the Clipper fan. Like, it's just so much part of, these are experiences like with my family that I had as a little kid, you know, you become, you become, it becomes part of who you are. And like, I just want to be able to celebrate like I always thought I could. And it just really breaks my heart that this, this year has happened, that it's gonna happen like this if it does, because it's just, Clipper fans deserve more than this. Like we deserve more as a fan base than this. And, like, Kawhi has already experienced a parade. People are going to say it's not about the fans, it's about the players. And the players are the most important. Do not get me wrong. The players are the most important. They make the league. I know I said all that stuff earlier about the Rico Hines, you know, like watching them play in an empty gym that no one would care. Because I still think nobody really would care if no one watched. They're not – if I wanted to watch someone play basketball and, like, nobody was watching, I'd, I'd rather just go play basketball myself. Like, the reason why I watch is because it's an, it's an entertainment – like, it's something that everyone cares about. Millions of people are watching, and people are at the game. I know millions of people are still going to be watching on TV, but it's totally different. So that's just my thing is that I just want to be a part of the experience. I, it's just we put up with so much shit. Like No matter what we do, Clipper fans, we cannot win unless we win the whole thing because when we win, there's like a couple of my friends that I can celebrate with. You know, most of my friends are Laker fans, obviously. And then when we lose, we just get shit on all the time. So it's like almost lose-lose a lot of the times. So when we win the championship, there's nothing they can say. They're going to still say they're 16-to-1 nonsense, but I don't care. Because that one championship that we win, real championship, not this asterisk glorified summer league that we're having in Orlando with hotels and everybody can go watch each other's games. It's the glorified summer league to me. That's harsh. You might think that, but that's the fucking truth in my opinion. Um, That's just not how I envisioned it. We're the Los Angeles Clippers, not the Orlando Clippers. And next year, we're going to go, and it may take a while before fans, but in my opinion, we could do what the Premier League and all these uh, European leagues are doing. We test them every game. They play in their stadiums without fans for the foreseeable future. And hopefully, I don't know for a fact, but hopefully by April of 2021, we can have some crowds forming again. Maybe we'll have to have every other section or something. But slowly... I just guarantee. I just hope. I hope. I'm not a doctor or anything, but I think that the coronavirus will get better in April of 2021 than now. I hope. I really hope. But I just don't think it's worth it this season, guys. Because no matter who wins, they're gonna get slighted. LeBron, if he wins, you guys know how LeBron haters are. They're all gonna hate on him. They're gonna say that it's not legitimate. If the Bucks win, oh, they never played a road game. They never got tested. If the Clippers win, ha-ha, Clippers, that's the championship you won, you fucking losers. You won the one with Orlando and no fucking fans. Yeah, I know. So, to me, it's all shot at this point. Like, let's just, like, people are being said, sell- like, let's watch. So, I know also to allude on the thing I said about, like, the Black Lives Matter and what Kyrie's been saying, I know there are people in the African-American community that think that the season should start and uh, disagree with me. And that's totally fine. Because everybody can has have a different perspective on the issue. I just think that you've got to understand where they're coming from. Most of the people that are that are not understanding where they're coming from are also the same people that I see saying, "Oh my God, how many points posts am I going to see about anti-racism?" And those people are the biggest problem with this country, in my opinion, that don't don't fucking see it, can't put themselves in other people's shoes. And I also have like some of my friends I mentioned to, like my black friends, that say like that um you know that Kyrie's being you know. Uh, ridiculous and this and that. But that's because like a lot of those people are like Laker fans that are just wanting to see the Lakers get out there. And a lot of teams are going to get like their parade sacrificed if they win and stuff. And the reason why I don't think if my uncle, you know, who sympathizes with me with this because he waited a while before he became a fan in between Showtime and Shaq and Kobe. So he witnessed the Lakers lose. And then when they won in 2000, it was so special to him. He knows what I've been waiting for and how long I've been, going, you know, seeing the misery of the Clippers and the bad luck we have, he knows that he, like, I want the first time to be a special time. But from his perspective, you know, if you're a Laker fan, I want the season to continue. Because one, LeBron doesn't have unlimited years left of his career. And two, they've already had parades. I mean, they've won 16 championships. At this point, you just add one to the tally. It's 17, we're the same as the Celtics. The only reason why I say this is because I've never seen my team win a championship. So I want my first time to be legit. And that's just how I feel. I think that's all we got. I think that's all I have to say for now. I hope you enjoyed listening. Once again, remember on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and on YouTube as Dime Dropper Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Let me know all your thoughts, whether you agree with me or disagree with me, in the comments below. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And I look forward to doing this full time. This is going to be fucking fun. Have a good day, people. Amazing. Once